भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय श्रीमद् भागवतम कंटो ट्वेल्व चैप्टर टू टेक्स्ट सिक्स ट्रांसलेशन एंड कॉमेंट्री बाय डिसाइपल्स ऑफ Divine Grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Dure Varyayanam Tirtham Dure Varyayanam Tirtham Lavanya Keshadharanam Lavanya Keshadharanam Udarang Bharata Swartha Udarang Bharata Swartha Satyatve Dharshamevahi Satyatve Dharshamevahi दाक्षुटुंबरणुटुंबरणशोर्थे धर्म सेवनमेशन अक्रेड प्लेस विल बी टेकन टू कंसिस्ट ऑफ नो मोर दैन अ रेजर्वर ऑफ वाटर लोकेटेड एट अ डिस्टेंस एंड ब्यूटी विल बी थॉट टू डिपेंड ऑन वंस हेयर स्टाइल फिलिंग द बेली विल बिकम द गोल ऑफ लाइफ एंड वन हू इज ऑर्देशियस विल बी एक्सेप्टेड एज ट्रूथफुल He who can maintain a family will be regarded as an expert man, and the principles of religion will be observed only for the sake of reputation. Purport: In India, there are many sacred places through which holy rivers flow. Foolish persons eagerly seek redemption from their sins by bathing in these rivers, but do not take instruction from learned devotees of the Lord who reside in such places. One should go to a holy place seeking spiritual enlightenment. and not just for ritualistic bathing in this age people tirelessly arrange their hair in different styles trying to enhance their facial beauty and sexuality they do not know that actual beauty comes from within the heart from the soul and that only a person who is pure is truly attractive as the difficulties of this age increase filling one's belly will be the mark of success and one who can maintain his own family will be considered brilliant in economic affairs Religion will be practiced if at all only for the sake of reputation and without any essential understanding of the supreme personality of Godhead. If we take these statements at face value then we have to conclude that the Bhagavatam is espousing nonsense. Satyatve dharshyam evahi literally means that audacity is certainly truth audacity means to uh <clears throat> pretentiously pompously uh present oneself very boldly as if you know what you're talking about just yeah i i know what i'm talking about this is the truth it is a fact that 2 plus 2 equals 3 this is an example of audaciously especially if that's done in the assembly of mathematics professors of course they might you never know they might come up with such a conclusion themselves in the higher levels of maths you never know what goes on <clears throat> yeah but at face value lavanyam uh, keshadharanam shila prabhupad often quoted this 
that in regard to the hippies who think that by keeping long hair they've become very beautiful. So beauty is judged by uh, wearing hair, keeping hair, which predicts the hairstyle age. Otherwise there was no, not a big thing, hairstyles. But in the modern age, the hairstyles, uh, still not in India so much, but in the West. In my childhood, there, were, there was one hairstyle, short back and sides. That's what it's called. It's at, the, at the back and at the side, it's short, and at the front, you, it's parted like this. That was it. And then that was, prior to that, there was, uh, your mother does it at home. She just puts a bowl on your head. And, no, actually, I think the father did that and just cut it like that. That was the, that was the style. And later on, there became various hairstyles, especially for women and then for men. With, uh, and after I left England's green and pleasant land, they started making green hairstyles and purple hairstyles and things sticking. It's like a purple horn sticking out here, all kinds of things. So this is considered beauty according. So if we take it at face value, these statements are all nonsense. And But it has to be taken in context. It's describing the nonsense of the people of Kali Yoga. This whole chapter would make a very interesting book if we were to publish, make a study of the predictions of Srimad Bhagavatam. And it's not only in Bhagavatam. We'll find in Vishnu Purana, in, uh, in various Shastras, these, such predictions are made. Predictions for the... In a sense, it's not really a prediction. It's like saying, well... <clears throat> In July, in all of India, except most of this accursed state of Tamil Nadu, there will be rain. So, it's not really a prediction. It just happens every July. Except, or almost every July. There should, there should be rain at this time. <coughs> so, to say that in Kali Yuga these things will happen, it's not really a prediction for one who knows the Shastra. <laughs> Or one who, yeah, who knows Shastra, the cycle of time. It's, that's what happens in Kali Yuga, these kind of things go on. So we'll find various Shastras. In Ram Charitmanas, which is not fully accepted by Vaishnavas, but it doesn't mean that it's all uh, contemptible. It's, Prabhupada said about that, that uh, Tulsidas has expressed his uh, feelings for Lord Rama in his own language. So one of the statements there is that in Kali Yoga uh, there will be no prostitutes. Sounds very good, doesn't it? Because the housewives will be doing their job. <laughs> Every how you why go to a prostitute? You can just pick up any housewife you know, like that. <laughs> Eventually, prostitution will go out because every woman will be a prostitute. Prabhupada uses the term prostitute. He said, in, in your language you call girlfriend. In our language we call prostitute. To have a, to have a girl, girlfriend, means she's just a prostitute. Prabhupada often used that term. 
He said that the, he said the women in the West are all like he didn't. I don't know if he specifically said that, but in the modern age, they're prostitutes. It means they're freely available, freely available women, unchaste women. So these are some of the symptoms of Kali Yoga, and they're, they're, they're mentioned, dure varyayanang tirtam. Any, any water which is far away, people think that it must be very holy because it's far away. Srila Prabhupada often gave the example that People in Calcutta, where the Ganga flows, locally known as the Hooghly, people go all the way to Haridwar to take a bath in the Ganga. They think, well, if I go to Haridwar, it must be better there, but it's the same Ganga. So this is all nonsense, and the Bhagavatam uh, is giving these predictions or statements about the age of Kali, by which we can see, actually, how... The Bhagavatam is correct if we want some... We may not find it very easy to believe uh, that there's a big person with a body whose body is not made out of atoms like ours and in his navel grows a lotus flower, huge lotus flower, and in that there's the universe and then the creator of the... the, the sub-creator of the universe is born out of that... And he gets four heads, and like this. It may sound difficult to believe. For people who find it difficult to believe in anything that they can see with their own eyes, but we can see these predictions for Kali Yoga with our own eyes. We can see how... uh, I mean, this is only one verse, but there's a whole chapter full of these. Actually, more than one chapter of these predictions. So, it helps us to see how the Bhagavatam is describing reality. Although, yeah, if we take it literally out of context, it also shows if we take this verse literally, it literally means that uh, water at a a reservoir of water at a holy place, a, a reservoir of water at a distance is a holy place. Beauty is keeping hair. That's the third, yeah. Filling one's belly is the goal of life. You see, it's, it says in the Bhagavatam, Udarang Bharata Swarata. The goal of life is to fill one's belly. It's right there in the Bhagavatam. You can quote this. The goal of life, one's real self-interest is to fill one's belly. Of course, there's some devotees like that also. <laughs> Seems like, <laughs> at least when we first joined the movement, to get as much prasadam as possible seemed to be the most important thing. But it has to be the, It has to be taken in context. Satyadvaidharshyamevahi. This dharshyam or audacity is is certainly that is truth. Now, the Bhagavatam is meant for delineating truth. That's clear from the first verse of the Bhagavatam. The, the param satya is described in the first verse of Bhagavatam. The last words of the first verse are satyang parang dhimehi. I meditate on the ultimate truth, highest truth, supreme truth. And then dharma projhita kaitava atra. Herein, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Cheating religion is completely rejected. 
kicked out. Srila Prabhupada used that graphic term. Completely rejected. Uh, to completely reject it doesn't mean that it's not found in Srimad Bhagavatam. It, it is described therein, but it's rejected. It doesn't mean that there's no cheating religion within Bhagavatam. And it's not, the subject is treated, just like in this description of the symptoms of Kali Yoga. It is discussed. Completely rejected doesn't mean that it doesn't appear at all. It is discussed, but it uh, is discussed in a manner to delineate what is reality. To know what is the truth, we also have to know what is falsehood. If we say that everything, Brahma Satyam, Jagan Mithya, the spiritual is true and the world is, the universe is false. So everything is true. And there's, in the world everything is false, but that does, it's false means it doesn't exist. And there's only Brahma, there's only one reality, so everything is true. And you might as well say everything is false, because there's no, there, truth means there has to be falsity. Otherwise, without an opposite, no uh, principle can be established. King means there has to be a kingdom, there has to be subjects. So, uh, the Bhagavatam completely rejects all cheating religion and it describes what that cheating religion is and delineates what is the actual religion. So, Daksham, Kotumba, Bharanam, to maintain one's family becomes a, uh, that's considered great expertise. In the purport, uh, it's described how gradually that will become, in, in course of time, it will be considered how to make, even if one can maintain his family, that's, he's considered very expert in economic affairs, doing well in economic affairs. Of course, this was written by a team of Vaishnav scholars based in America who don't know that in most of the world it's already that is the situation. It's not something to be, something that will happen in future, but it's already in, in Bangladesh and most of Africa, Kampuchea and all these places. If you can feed your family, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> it's not something in the future. It's already there. Much of India still today. <clears throat> so, uh, this line in particular I wanted to discuss. Satyat Vedharsham Evahi. And then oh, the last line also that Yashorte uh, Dharma Sevanam. Religion is practiced for the sake of prestige. So, this uh, audacity, if someone comes and states something very boldly, People tend to believe them, however nonsense it is. It's said that in this world there are leaders and there are only two types of people, leaders and followers. Most people are timidly stupid and the rest are audaciously stupid. And those who are audacious, who, who take a, they, they, they stand up and say, this is right, then... People 
tend to believe. Just because they sound as if they know what they're talking about, they sound convinced. You might want to make an experiment sometime and say that, uh, propagate something completely bizarre. This whole world is controlled by an invisible frog <laughs> with six heads. It's jumping around, but you can't see it because it's in, it's in another dimension. But I have the vision to see it and understand. I have direct contact with the six-headed frog. And soon it's going to swallow up the whole world. And unless you follow the path of uh, froganalia and offer tribute to this frog through the via medium, namely me, then you'll all get swallowed up by the terrible frog. So offer all your money to me and I will save you. And it's coming soon. The end of the world is coming soon. I mean, that's a common enough, isn't it? Common enough saying. Uh, I suspect that if you propagated it and gave some pseudo-scientific evidence that they also do. See, we have, a, and you see the secret meaning of the, of the Gospels you see, this word that was in Hebrew, it's written in Greek, but it was originally in Hebrew and before it was in Aramaic, and actually it means frog. It's not the lamb, uh, but the frog, you see. And it says in the book of Revelation, what it really means is that there's a giant frog. And I better not go on about this too much. Someone will actually do it. <laughs> They'll take this portion of the lecture, just like you take this verse out of the rest of the Bhagavatam, and they take, say, oh, see, see, Bhakti Vikasra, he's a very respected member of Iskot, and he said this, and it must be the secret message of the Bhagavatam that he's revealing, you see, you know, so he's quoting so many shlokas, and actually the supreme reality is a giant frog with six heads. <laughs> and that's my point. If you start to propagate it, and you do it, and you, you sound convinced and you give some pseudo-scientific evidence and you say that... You see, Einstein also said this. If you, if you look within his calculations, the actual meaning to Einstein... Someone will start to believe it. However bizarre it is, you'll get some followers. So, uh, we should be convinced about Krishna consciousness. There are many people who are convinced about things which are not correct in, in Kali Yoga. That's especially true. Actually, in every yoga it's true, but especially in Kali Yoga, where falsity is a prominent symptom. Anyone can, anyone can uh, propagate anything. And people, people believe that humans have descended from monkeys. It's the worldwide uh, propagated belief. And not only they believe it, but they think it's scientific. It's completely bizarre. People think that there was a, a big soup, soup-like bubbling from which eventually life came. And they, they put reports in the newspapers. They've synthesized DNA and they're putting it in a cell. And you see, now they've made life. Every... every 
When they made DNA, they said they made life. When they discovered DNA, they said we're on the verge of making life. And when they made test tube babies, they said we're making life. They never made life yet, and they never will. They don't even know what it is. They can't even scientifically define it because it's beyond mundane science. But they keep on bluffing people. And the whole world is juked. Jogate Mohai, another quote from Tulsidas. <laughs> the whole world is uh, bewildered by falsity. Which is not surprising, because this is the world of falsity. And we, we sometimes wonder that, why don't more people take to Krishna consciousness? Everything makes sense, but people are not sensible. We live in the world of falsity, where if people say something nonsensical, it's more appealing to people than something sensical, than something that makes sense, because people, they uh, live in the world of dreams. Ishvara Hamaham Bhogi. Everyone is thinking, I am the controller and all, I am the enjoyer. Although, if anyone had even the slightest bit of common sense intelligence, that common sense, that most uncommon uh, facet of human, of the human psyche, they could immediately understand, I'm not the controller, and I'm, I'm not the enjoyer. It's quite, it should be obvious. But everyone goes on under the illusion that I am the controller, I am the enjoyer. The whole world, they may not even uh, formulate that, in, they may not actually specifically uh, think I am the controller and I am the enjoyer. They don't specifically think about anything except sex and food and intoxication. But uh, that's the illusion that the whole world is running on. So uh, that which is false, especially in Kali Yoga, that which is false is very appealing. And that which is the truth, uh, people have great... They just can't accept it. It doesn't appeal to people. Even if many times, those of us who are preaching, or supposed to be preachers, many times we find when we try to logically explain the process of Krishna consciousness step by step, people, they just can't grasp it. I've given a couple of examples several times. Once on a long train journey, I was discussing with some Bengali Muslims who were on their way from Bangladesh to Ajmer to perform the un-Islamic act of performing tribute to the uh, samadhi there. Of, some Islamic word there. Some, some buried Muslim saint is there. It's the biggest Islamic holy place in India. So I, we had a long discussion because we had plenty of time. We were trying to take them point by point to, to that God must be a person. So he went through the whole thing and you know they're wiggling this way and that way and I was bringing them back and this and that. And we eventually got through all the points and they had nowhere to go philosophically and said, well, we don't believe it. And what did you discuss with me for two hours, two or three hours? Oh, we don't believe it. They're not attached to truth. They're attached to dogmatism. Then uh, another occasion, 
I was in England, I was trying to explain to someone the example of the car and the driver, the, the body, soul, car and driver. And he said, well, you're, you're supposed to be monks, why are you driving in cars? <laughs> you know, what, how, how do you talk to people like that? It's just, you know... And give the man some prasadam. That's, that's all. That's all you can hope for. It's impossible to speak anything sensible to such people. Although if you'd have told him something like, well, actually you are God, he would say, hmm, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually I already know that. Well, thanks for recognizing that. If you talk nonsense, people like it. If you talk the truth, often people find it extremely difficult to understand. So we should be convinced of Krishna consciousness, but on, a, on the substantial basis of hearing from Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. Not to be convinced is required for preachers, but it should be on the basis of understanding. We find even within the society of Vaishnavas that anyone who comes and says something and says it in an enthusiastic and convinced way and everyone will be, yeah, yeah, great. And well, what did he say? You know, the, is it according to Shastra? We should judge. Not whether they have a big position, whether they're supposed to be a senior devotee. Or, is it according to Guru Sadhu and Shastra? We accept what Srila Prabhupada says as good as Shastra because everything he said is based on Shastra and he, he taught us rigidly this system. But even then, if Prabhupada says something and we don't understand it, we should check it against Shastra. Right? That's the system that Prabhupada gave us. If we don't understand it, then we should try to... If there's a statement of Prabhupada that we don't understand, then we should try to understand uh, according to the explanations of the previous Acharyas and the Shastras, just like this perennial point of... Perennial means keeps on coming again and again. In this context, that's what it means. That, uh, well, if we're pure, then how do we fall from the spiritual world? So, uh, actually Prabhupada explained this according to a logical understanding. So we can accept that. And, but then uh, you see people bring different Shastric references. So that's alright. That's the way we should discuss among devotees, uh, among followers of Shastric. We accept as an axiom that Vedic knowledge is perfect. You have to have some axioms. You, otherwise, you are a pratishta. You don't have any basis. Then it's just my opinion against your opinion, ultimately. <clears throat> so that was done in that book, Our Original Position. And then others also... There are two, there are two basic sides of this. Fall vadis and no fall vadis. And both bring Shastric references and... As far as I can see, either position is very difficult to understand or substantiate on the position of pure logic. 
So, in that case, what should we do? Then we accept what Prabhupada says, that's all. We don't, we can't understand, it's inconceivable. Either way, either the God would relegate us to this miserable place, or that uh, without any reason, or that, well, I guess there are three positions. One, that we were just in the impersonal Brahman, and then, and then we just kind of popped out. And then we, uh, at that point, we decided not to be Krishna conscious. We came to the material world. All that we felt from the spiritual world. So none of these positions, uh, all of these positions could be substantiated with various quotes from Shastras and Acharyas. But as our Acharya, we've uh, who has saved us, who has taught us the Shastric truth, point after point after point, day after day after day, consistently gives this explanation, then my stance is that I accept it. And what else should I do? What do I know beyond what he has taught me? So, um, yeah, we should speak according to Shastra. We should understand. We should understand. Otherwise, uh, there is the danger, and we see that already within our society, that people who are flamboyant, charismatic, they come up and talk a lot of nonsense, and people think, well, must be true. He's seen a devotee, and he, know, he knows Shastra. And uh, he's talking all these things, so it should be true. And in this way, sense becomes mixed with nonsense, and as soon as sense is mixed with nonsense, it all becomes nonsense. Therefore, we have upper sampradayas. In the upper sampradaya, many of them, they're not that bad, we may say. What's wrong with them? Nitai go, Radhe, Sham, etc., etc. What's wrong with that? I mean, they, 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 they uh, do kirtan very enthusiastically. They believe in Radha, Krishna, Supreme, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They read all the same books as we do, and everything's okay, except for they, they um, suppress the loud chanting of the Mahamantra and have made some new one. Well, that in itself is enough to disqualify them. I mean, there are other things also, like their adherence of the Sakhi Baiki. Heresy, the idea that men should dress as women and in this way become gopis. So, but even though they do so many things which are right, but they're just the fact that they do that wrong. Of course, if it's a small thing that you do wrong, like you know, you pick your nose in Bhagavatam class or something like that, that doesn't make you upper sampradayak. But if you start to say that you should pick your nose in Bhagavatam class and try to give some Shastric reference for it, and then whoops, it's it's not as bad as saying suppressing the Maha Mantra and making a new so-called mantra. But it's a sign that something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Something's wrong. <laughs> we heard that. I, every time I meet Shamasan, he quotes that. <laughs> something seriously wrong when someone's trying to substantiate something which is not. Uh, Proper. So we should be convinced. Prabhupada often said we should be. be obviously, we should be convinced. Not only Prabhupada said, but that uh, Krishna himself in Bhagavad Gita. 
Asangsayang samagrang maang yatagya. Being freed from doubts. Hear from me in such a way that you will become free from doubt. Krishna says this. And at the end, Arjuna, he also says that. Nashto moha smriti labdha tvat prasada mayachuta. Stitosmi. Now I'm fixed. Now I'm free from doubts. My illusion is dispelled by your mercy. Now I'm fixed. Now I'm convinced. If you're not convinced, how are you going to fight? Unless you have the conviction, you can't. You, fighting means you have to give yourself. You have to. It, it's it's not an it's not a fifty percent activity or an, even a ninety nine percent activity. Hundred percent, you have to give yourself. Especially when you've got enemies like Bhishma, Drona, Duryodhana, Ashvatthama, and any slight inattention or lack of dedication, and you're dead. Heads off. Just another head on the battlefield. We heard a lot about this yesterday. Yet another head. More heads are rolling. So, uh, conviction is required. But that conviction should be on the basis of reality. What is actual truth? We can't we won't find the truth unless we desire to find it. If we desire to find anything else but the truth, then we will find falsity uh, dressed as truth, masquerading as truth. That's what all these, you know. Jesus is coming in three days and he's going to kill all the non-believers and send them to hell forever. And only our, only the 27 people in our church are going to be redeemed. And everyone else is going to hell forever. Ha, ha, ha. And what will we do in heaven? Eternally we'll look down and have, take pleasure in looking at those people suffering in hell. They don't, I don't know what they even think they're doing in heaven, but these ideas, Jehovah's Witnesses, they have a limited number, right? There's only a limited number and all the rest are going to burn in hell forever. And they're damn convinced. They're really convinced. But it's nonsense. Uh, so, I mean, even the whole of Christianity, the whole idea that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he's the only begotten son of God, these are the basic tenets of, tenets of Christianity. But it's... Nothing got nothing to do with what Jesus taught. <laughs> he didn't say he was God or that he came to die on the cross. And did he die on the cross? It's unlikely. Uh, Prabhupada gave a good explanation. He kept his body alive as the, he's a yogi. You can't kill a yogi. You can't kill him. This is. Hiranyakashipu kept his life in his bones. He was just a, he was just a skeleton, but he was alive. And when Brahma poured the water from his kamandala, then his body, body, organs and flesh and marrow and skin and all this skin's one of the organs came back. But uh, people are convinced and people are willing to die for this. 
There's so many, so many martyrs in Christianity. You know what that word martyr means? Martyr means someone who dies, <coughs> dies for their faith. And they say, they think it's a good, it's a good thing to do, to die. But they, they, the philosophies are wrong. And then, and then within the philosophy, they, they, they've made it not philosophy. They, they, they say they just have to believe. That's all. That's, that's this, that's the main symptom of a, of a real Christian. You just believe. That's all. Why, if you even ask why, that's considered a symptom of, of uh, the devil, who you're also supposed to believe in. You should just believe. That's, that's, the, that's the sign of a real Christian, is that you, really, you just believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And that's all. And how, why... Uh, all the uh, phil philosophical implications that, well, uh, what about people born in Thailand who are born in a staunchly Buddhist culture? There's very little chance of converting Thais to, to Christians. Does that mean that God likes the Americans better than the Thais? And, uh, all the philosophical implications of this. Uh, what about all the people who came before Jesus? And why did he create all those different planets? You can see all the stars at night. Is that just for for lovers to gaze at? Uh, you know, all all these big questions. They, they, they don't better don't think. Don't think. Whereas the Bhagavad philosophy is quite different. It's meant for thinking persons. It begins atato brahma jignasa. One should inquire into the nature of reality. That's the actual beginning of Bhagavatam. It's inherent in the Janmadhyasya Yataha. The, the absolute truth is the source of all emanations. Is the, the first statement of Srimad Bhagavatam. That statement is made on the basis of what is the nature of the question? What is the nature of reality? And that reality is revealed within the Vedas by this system of questions and answers. The people, they don't know and they want to know. That's the jnana kanda. They want to know uh, what is Brahma, kim tad Brahma, what is Brahma? What is the absolute truth? So that is revealed in Srimad Bhagavatam by the system of, in, in Bhagavad Gita, all the Shastra, on the basis of questions and answers concerning the ultimate reality. So in this system, uh, reality is explained, but only persons who have qualification, they can understand it. Other people cannot understand it. That's why Shudras are not supposed to study the Vedas, because they'll come out with some wrong, some misunderstanding, misconception, misinterpretation. So one should actually be a, a brahmana, a, a brahmana in the true sense of the term, to understand that. That means sarabhritam, Parikshit Maharaj, not from brahmana caste, but he's described in the Bhagavatam as sarabhritam, one who's concerned with the essence. He's not interested in the super, superfluous, or, or his, his focus is on the essence. 
Śrīla Prabhupāda translates this term Sārabhritam as a realist. Parikshit Maharaj was a realist and therefore he was in, interested in the essence just like the bee takes the pollen from the flower. He goes there with a, to the flower with a specific purpose to take out the pollen. So devotees, they should be realists. That means interested in understanding. Can sit like this? What is reality? Uh, but that reality, uh, that it it requires uh, serious inquiry to understand. It's not not such a simple thing. It can be understood very easily. The thing, uh, what is that thing? Vastavavastu. The uh, the actual entity. Vedyam vastavamatravastu. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, this actual reality or actual entity is described. That is Paramsatya. That is a synonym of Paramsatya. And that is Krishna. If we don't understand Krishna in this way, then we'll misunderstand if we think he's just, just some boy dancing around, just like this uh, Supreme Court judge. A learned man, intelligent man, no doubt. But he completely misunderstood Krishna. Because he takes descriptions of Krishna at face value. Krishna is a, a playboy. <coughs> he has lots of girlfriends. So he takes it at face value without going into understanding. Because he's, he's not satyavadi. He's not dedicated to truth. A judge... He's interested, they want to know what is the truth. Any case comes up, what's the truth? Did you kill him or didn't you? No. Is that the truth? And It's suspected that he's lying. So the, the, the court case is to bring out the truth. But the judge is just seeing the, this material world, the relative truth. To understand Krishna, we cannot understand Krishna by the legal method. But we put Krishna in a court and say, are you dancing with... Of course, we cannot put Krishna in a court, but they, they attempt to do so. By the See, it's described here, Krishna is dancing with others' wives. That's true. But just understand Krishna's... Before you come to that tenth canto, understand Krishna from Bhagavad Gita, from the previous nine cantos. Otherwise, you'll become a candidate for getting Krishna's mercy as Hiranyakashipu got it. And then you become a demon. Then you, you uh, by misunderstanding, by not making the effort to understand Krishna, one becomes a demon. Hiranyakashipu, he's also very learned, very intelligent, very determined, very convinced. But he didn't make the endeavor to understand Krishna because he took sense gratification as the goal of life. And therefore he was lucky enough to be ripped apart by Nrishimhadev, whereas others are just ripped apart by material nature, time after time after time. Then they get another body in which they attempt to enjoy sense gratification. So it's, it's required for a non-devotee to not understand Krishna. 
if at all they come in contact with Shastra, if they already have the conviction that, that they want to enjoy this material world, or even if they're completely bewildered, they won't be attracted to Krishna. Mokha sha mokha karmara, mokha jnana vichetasa, rakshasa, asuring chaiva, mohining prakriting shitaha. People that it's, they, they don't, they, even they, they know that they're confused, but they're still, they, they're not attracted to Krishna. They're, they may be confused and someone comes and tells them that, ah, uh, yes, this is the way, just follow me. Whereas if someone says, someone else says to them, yes, you try to understand, use your intelligence, they do, understand Shastra. What is the actual, they don't want to. People are, people don't, they're too lazy. Manda sumanda matiyo. They're too lazy to try to make the effort to understand the actual truth. And therefore, they prefer someone just comes and says, oh, just follow this. Everything will be okay. Oh, you're very convinced. Seems to know what he's talking about. So, all right, you accept, you accept a, a blind leader without questioning. This is foolish. You see, foolish people get cheated all the time. People come from the village to the city, and someone comes and tells them, here, we've got this great scheme. In, in India, what, 20 years ago, there were all these advertisements for teak plantations. Invest in teak plantations. And then... <laughs> They invested and <laughs> the money's all gone. <laughs> so someone comes and says, yeah, yeah, well, uh, just give me a loan and I'll, I'll pay it back and with high interest. You say, oh, okay, that sounds good. You take a loan, 20 lakhs, they came from the village with all their money and it's all gone. And uh, can you give it back? Well, you see, we made the legal agreement and uh, I don't actually have to give it back. He's cheated. On Oxford Street in London, the famous Oxford Street. It's a great holy place. Everyday devotees are out there chanting Hare Krishna ever since 1969. Some days they didn't go, but Bukti, almost every day, Bhuktish. I was also a pilgrim there distributing books. So we used to see how these on the street, the They'd pull out these cheetahs. They'd pull out a folding table and someone would start to play cards and someone from the other side would come in and you see he'd put 10 pounds down and within like 20 seconds he'd win the card game and he'd get 100 pounds back. And he did this and then next time he'd get 1,000 pounds. And he's saying to all the others, hey, come on, come on. This is great. You can win a lot of money. And then he gets a lot of people to all put their money. He said, put more, put a hundred pounds, you get a hundred thousand back. They all put their money, they all lose and they're off. The whole team is off. Just, and the police would walk past. And, you know, they don't bother to arrest them or anything like that. It's just, you know, just people are stupid. They say, oh, you see, he wanted, he won a hundred pounds. Then he won a thousand pounds. Wow, I can do it too. <laughs> That's stupid. So, people mostly, they just, they don't want to think. It's, they're, 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 of course, modern education and the TV and everything trains you not to think. Only, just to, th to think, yeah, but like a shudra, that's all. 
like all this computer programming and engineering, people think that I'm, I'm very intelligent. But you're, you're just trained to be a sh- It's the shudra's thinking, that's all. More sophisticated shudra. But actual thinking means to consider what is our existential position, what is the nature of reality, what is the truth. But mostly people, uh, they're not into, they don't even think of that. They, 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 even if they recognize they're suffering, they just want a quick fix. They'll go to a sadhu, take a blessing, and then everything will be okay. And if you tell them that actually you're suffering, you don't have to tell me you're suffering, I already know. Everyone in this world is suffering because miserable. They say, oh, what's he talking about? I just, you know, just give me a blessing, that's all, so I can get my money back that I got cheated from, or so that my wife can uh, you know, be nicer toward me, or something like this. They, just, they want a quick fix. They don't want to go very deeply. So it's, it's a great age for cheaters. As L. Ron Hubbard said, if you really want to get quick, rich quickly, start your own religion. And he did, Scientology. <laughs> so, you know, why go through... It's, it's like, you know, you have this Kalki avatar, so-called, came out of Tamil Nadu. I mean, the guy, in one way, he's smart, you know, and say, why you slave all your life in an LIC office when you can become God? You know, you just dress yourself up as God and tell people you're God and uh, you know, people believe you. And then you, you have a highly privileged life. You know, people really respect you much more than even if you became the, uh, even if you became the, the chief executive officer of LIC, you still wouldn't get respected as much as you would if you're God. So you just become God. You dress up like God, you give people blessings and people give you money, lots of it can charge them a lakh for a two-minute darshan, personal darshan. And uh, there you go. And, well, you go to hell, but... They're so, they're so foolish that they don't consider the consequences. So we should be convinced, but not blindly. Within our Krishna conscious movement, we shouldn't imitate these... Don't think that these... These bogus preachers are doing very well, therefore we should imitate them. They're not doing well. They're just collecting a lot. To collect a lot of foolish followers, doesn't, it's, no, it's no credit. If we, if we can ourselves be convinced and convince others of the reality, if we ourselves can do that, if we can convince one other person, well, that's a great achievement. If we ourselves become that one person, that's a great achievement. But simply going around and cheaply, yeah, you chant somehow or other, you chant and uh, you'll win the lottery. You tried, you're, 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 you're chanting, you see you have a lot of health problems. Well, try, you should chant Hare Krishna. It'll solve all your health. But we can't tell Krishna what to do. That now, Krishna, I told him that he would get his health problems solved by Chang Hari Krishna. So you better, you better arrange for it. It's not Krishna. Krishna is not our peon. So, and it's offensive even to attempt to engage him as our peon. On the, so to preach the truth is not easy. There's no doubt. To state the truth is not easy in a land of falsity. To... The, to call out the emperor has no clothes will not be appreciated, even if he's naked. Because he shouldn't be like that, but he is. And if you state the fact, 
that everyone is cheating. The prime minister, from prime minister down to the school teacher, everyone is cheating. In the name, well, these big famous so-called swamis, they're all cheating. If you point it out, people don't like it because they like to be cheated. Srila Prabhupada pointed out this uh, fact, which sounds unlikely, but if we examine, we'll find it's true that people like to be cheated. And we can actually see that. I mean, the whole advertising industry works on that basis. They say Coca-Cola is the real thing, the real what? First of all, the real what? And then real, I mean, what's, what's real? It's just a slogan. The real thing is Vastava Vastu is Krishna. And that's another example. Yeah, the whole in, in advertising industry works on the basis that people are stupid and they want to be cheated. If you promote something, like cigarettes, they so you smoke this cigarette and all uh, sophisticated, rich-looking people, good-looking people smoking the cigarette, giving the idea that if you smoke it, you'll also get that kind of condition, but you don't. It's all based on bluffing, on holding out to people the idea that if you if you do the, if you drink Coca-Cola, then you'll become young exuberant, good-looking. That's how they advertise it in the West. But you don't. It's just a bluff. But Coca, As I've often said, Coca-Cola, not one single bottle or can would ever be sold if it wasn't advertised vigorously because there's nothing in the slightest bit attractive about Coca-Cola. It's, it has no, there's, it has no uh, food value but because it's vigorously promoted, and then people think, I should buy it. It's promoted on the TV. Coca-Cola! And it sounds, well, sounds like something, sounds like they're convinced. So it must be good. They, they, they don't think of the obvious fact that like, they bring some sportsman to just, Coke is the real thing. Or Pepsi-Cola is the real Now, first of all, watch the sportsman's qualification to is is he a dietitian what's his qualification to speak on the food food value of anything but people think oh uh, that sportsman yeah uh, yeah i respect him and he says it's good so it must be good you have nothing to do with sport the coca cola has got nothing to do with sport you don't become a good cricketer by drinking it but he says and people oh, you Buy it's, it's just stupid. But because they want to be cheated, it's very easy to cheat them. So if we sound convinced, that's not enough. We should understand what is the actual fact from Shastra. And many people, they, they, may, they may be convinced, but they're just convinced about the wrong thing. Some people, they're just like from the beginning of their life, they're like very strong-minded and they think they know what's right, but they don't. They just, they have a lot of too much self-confidence. <laughs> and they, they don't want to hear from anyone. They just, yeah, I know what I'm doing. They, they, they can't listen to anyone. Even if they, they, get, they get themselves in trouble again and again and again, but they, they don't like to listen. They know what they're doing. Even in devotional service, we find them. some disciples. 
They know what they're doing. They don't need to hear any instruction. They can read it in the books themselves. So, who will actually understand the truth? Well, we have to be convinced. Krishna, he says we should be faithful. It says it's required to be faithful. But that faith, what kind of faith? Is that sattvic shraddha, rajasic shraddha, tamasic shraddha? Is that faith based on sincere inquiry? And understanding. I mean, sometimes uh, the teacher may test the disciple also if they're if they're blindly following or not. You see, I mean, after all, everyone knows that you know ultimately the truth is impersonal. Prabhupada is very much against impersonalism because of the misrepresentation. But ultimately, Krishna is only an idea. And uh, you know, it's good to meditate on a form and have bhakti, but ultimately we should understand that uh, we all have to merge into oneness. That's the ultimate stage. So we should be convinced of this. Right? You're all convinced? Confused? I should try that sometime without... Just, just uh, without... Without giving the clue beforehand. <laughs> so be convinced on the basis of Shastra, Guru Sadhu and Shastra. Don't be convinced by cheaters and don't be cheated by our own mind also into accepting asadgrahat that's described by Prahlad Maharaj don't accept that which is incorrect just because we, we we think I'm right I know what I'm doing I don't need anyone to tell me what I'm doing very dangerous position Krishna put Arjuna into ignorance Arjuna is such a strong minded person he was so strong minded if fighting on a battle, that requires strong-mindedness. But what about his denying Urvashi, the most beautiful woman who wanted to have a sexual union with him? Arjuna refused. And he got cursed by her to become a eunuch. He accepted it. So strong-minded on the, on the path of dharma that he became bewildered. Anyone could have become bewildered, it would seem, except Arjuna. But Krishna put him into bewilderment. Then he had to hear from Krishna and understand things properly as they are. He had plenty of questions. He didn't accept very easily. He, uh, he seemed to be confused, he seemed to have difficulty in, in understanding the difference between work and renunciation. So Krishna convinced him and then he was ready to fight. So, Hare Krishna, any questions about this? Any protests? So, Krishna's an idea, is that right? Ultimately, we have to do bhakti, ultimately, we have to become one with Krishna, is that right? You get some people who would argue very vigorously on that. 
might have a hard time discussing with them. Might have a hard time if people are very... Sometimes people come on very strongly. Oh, what are you talking about? All this bhakti. That's only for foolish people. If some of people come on very strongly, it may be very difficult. Of course, if people are like that, you can't really discuss with them. But you have to, we have to deal with such people in the course of preaching also. Yeah, so that's it, finished? All right. Yeah. Why does Sunday come before Monday? Srila Prabhupada asked his disciples. Yeah. They were not able to answer. When he told that the answer is because sun is more closer to the earth than the moon. The sun is closer to the earth. It's either closer or it's more close, but it can't be more closer in English. Maybe in Bengali. Mm. In Indian English it's more closer, but in English English it's more close. The sun is closer. To the earth. Does that mean that, uh, yeah, that's, that means that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is a geocentric calculation, right? Because there are living beings on the, on the sun and the moon. They may, what do they say? Do they say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Or is it fixed up like that because the earth is the most important planet? Their, their, their days are different. One day on the moon is, uh, on the heavenly planets, is six months of our time here. Yeah, anyway, what's your question? You refer to an incident from Bhagavatam that when demons and demigods they were fighting, then their blood fell. No, no, you got things mixed up a bit here. Not in this case. Prabhupada used that example. In, in one of his purports, he gave that example, he dictated that. That the demigods and the demons were fighting on the shore of the ocean of milk and the blood spattered up as far as the mandala or the sphere of the moon. And Prabhupada wrote, this shows that the moon is further away than the sun. And then Hari Shori Prabhu pointed out to Prabhupada that the, that the battle was taking place on the shore of the milk ocean and not on the earth. And then Prabhupada said, okay, delete that. But unfortunately, it, it still got... It came out in the first edition, or maybe the first and second editions of the eighth canto of Bhagavatam. And then when it didn't, when it wasn't there, I asked, "What happened? Where did it go?" And I was informed of this history. So, but you're getting mixed up there. It wasn't. He, it wasn't at the time when Prabhupada asked that. You're, you're mixing up two separate incidents. Is there any? Are there any more references in the Shastra that the sun is closer than the moon? Oh, is it in the Shastra? You mean to say, or is it just Prabhupada saying that? Is what you're saying? As far as I understand, you can ask Gokul Chandra and Divya Prabandha. They worked with Dhanavir Maharaj intensively on this for for a year. Uh, it's stated in several Shastras, is it not? It's not only the Bhagavatam; all the Shastras. If you, you want to know more about this, ask them. It's a technical subject. I don't know much about it. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, I see. Sadaputta was the first to come out with that understanding, I believe. So, in terms of height, the sun is uh, closer. But in, in actual distance, it's uh, the height of the plane of the sun is less than that of the uh, the plane or orbit is it, of the moon, not just the orbit. The height, yeah. But the uh, but in another dimension, it's and we're talking three dimensions here, not imaginary or beyond three. Di- in in another dimension, it's further away. This is what we are told. If you if you want to know more about it, please ask these two because they've done a lot of work on this. I don't know. So I don't. I didn't do a lot of work on this. Yeah. Yeah. In some ISKCON centers, there are some astrologer devotees. Who see the hands of people and then they tell them or say to them. For certain days, you have to go to ISKCON temple. Oh, I see. They look at their hand and tell them you should come to the temple and chant on this day. Yeah. I sometimes people ask me to show their hand, and I look at it and I say, "Very bad, very very bad future." The only good thing, the only way you can get any fortune in your life is to chant Hare Krishna. It's true of everyone. I don't know anything that's in their hand. I don't know. <laughs> But they tell them you should come to the temple on this day or that day. Uh, I don't know of any of our acharyas preaching in this way, although they had all opportunity to do so. So I wouldn't personally recommend it. It's uh, from the beginning. Well, you mean the idea they look at their hand, you should come to the Iskon temple this day and this day, and and then you engage them in devotional service in this way. But it's not it, from the start. It sets them off on a materialistic basis. Like an old Maharaj said, well, my guru is Prabhupada and his guru is Bhaktisiddhan So I'll follow them. So many people say so many things, but uh, I don't. I mean, Prabhupada could have also done that, but he didn't. He, he, he could have. Prabhupada could have had hundreds and thousands of followers. That, that, ah, that comes right in Bhaktisiddhan Vaiba. That. Uh, People would say to Bhaktisiddhanta or to the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati that if your Guru Dev would just relax a little bit and not be so strict with all the rules and not be so philosophical, and this, he could be. He would be the undisputed leader of the Gorya world. He would have hundreds of thousands of disciples. If you just just relax things a bit and don't make it so strict and so 
according to parampara, then you have so many followers. As I've heard it said, or that um, I've heard this said, I don't know, I've not had it confirmed, but even if it's not an actual anecdote of Srila Prabhupada, the point is good anyway. That uh, Srila Prabhupada was asked why he, a journalist asked Prabhupada why he came in an airplane if he's a yogi, why didn't he just fly by himself? And Prabhupada, he said, to be, what, to be one of you, or something like this. And then the journalist said, well, if you taught people to how they could fly, if you know that, if you taught people that, how to fly without airplanes, then you'd have so many followers. And Prabhupada said, yeah, but they'd all want to know how to fly without airplanes. That's not what I'm teaching. It's not my line. <laughs> so, we could promote, we could become popular. We are becoming popular by promoting mundane welfare work, but it's not our thing. What, what is our thing? Is our thing to become popular or is it to promote the truth? If you want to become popular, then it's not so difficult. You cheat people, present present uh, mundane welfare as ultimate welfare. Uh, present mundane welfare as our mission. We become popular, well respected, but then we lost our identity. <laughs> so our aim is not to be popular. We should be very clear. Our aim is not to collect many followers. That's not the aim. That, if those things are there, that's good. But our aim is to understand and serve the truth without any duplicity or any compromise in that. If our aim is anything less than that, then we, we get something else. We get what... Krishna is a kalpavriksha. He's a uh, desire tree. So we can get anything we want. But if we want to have many followers and be uh, lots of money, lots of prestige, big buildings, and, uh, and advertise as an as a intimate associate of Krishna, come from the spiritual world, and the greatest guru of the modern age. You can maybe get all these things, but whether, whether or not you get the mercy of Prabhupada and the Acharyas, and you're actually Krishna conscious, is something else. <laughs> it's not such an easy thing to be a devotee and to preach Krishna consciousness. If anyone is actual, if anyone actually understands Bhakti Siddhanta, and by by this I'm not talking specifically about the person by that name, but the 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 conclusion of devotional service, then. He cannot but fight with everything in the world. Bhaktisthan Sasratako wasn't fighting against everything in the world because he had a belligerent nature, but because he is Bhakti Siddhanta Vit. He knows what is the truth of Bhakti. Therefore, there's no, he cannot do anything. He, he, he must do because he must stick to the truth of Krishna and surrender to Krishna. And the whole world is against that. So he has no choice but to be against the whole world. <laughs> popularity is very dangerous 
It's good if we're popular, but for the right reason. But popularity is not our aim. If that's there, it's good. If it's not, then we're probably doing the right thing. As Prabhupada indicates in one purport in Chaitanya Charitamrita, he says that the Chan Kazi, the opposition to the Sankirtan movement, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was personally present, he said this, he said that people are opposing us now as a sign that our movement is actually authorized. Yeah, anything else? Hare Krishna. Oh, you still have something to say? Inconvenient when some preacher is invited like this and he speaks something. We were thinking seriously to leave lecture or to stop him. Or what do we do? What do you do when you've invited a preacher and he talks things which are not to the proper standard? It becomes a difficult situation. Well, the question came up. The question came up. Isn't that inducing people in a material way? What was the answer to that? He tried to justify it for book distribution. You just tell anything to give him the book. Why not for Uh Because it, there's a difference. There is a difference. You're giving... For, even for the books. Actually, Prabhupada didn't say you just tell anything to distribute the book. That's also there. But with the book, you're giving a solid dose of clear understanding. With the holy name, if you only give the holy name without the understanding of the holy name then you're not actually giving the holy name. Shrav- without Shravan, there's no proper kirtan. If we only give the holy name without, if we only ask people to chant Hare Krishna, but we don't explain the f- actual understanding, then they'll never actually chant Hare Krishna. They'll never chant purely. Uh, this is also described in Bhaktisiddhanta Vaibhav, how people think you just chant, and it's, but they're... But they're any way you chant, the name is pure, but there's Nama Parad. And all these Nama Parads to, to chant for material gain, to think that chanting is uh, one of the mundane, pious activities. So if we just ask people to chant without instructing them further, then we're actually inducing them in Nama Parad. I think it's one of because they're particularly for material gain. Particular, yeah, when you're particularly asking them to chant for material gain. That's actually an Amaparad. Prabhupada, when he was present in the Bhakti Godhead magazine, which in those days was being vigorously distributed, I mean, at one time they were printing one million copies every month. <laughs> it was, it was. Um, Rameshva, he put in the, in the right, in the, as soon as you open on the, the Bhakti Godhead magazine, the first thing you see is this picture, small pictures of Kami's in America, or John Oates, printer, and then a quote from him. I, my work is very stressful, but chanting helps to keep me cool. And then so-and-so, uh, I don't know, Nancy, I, I don't know, Nancy Evans, and they give the place, Oakland, California. Uh, computer operator, uh, seeing seeing digits in front, seeing f- uh, figures in front of me all day, tends to make me, tends to make my brain uh, what's the word what spin 
but chanting Hare Krishna uh, stabilizes me. And all this kind of thing, how by chanting you get all these material benefits. And then some devotees, actually Satsuru Maharaj asked Prabhupada about this. He said, no, we, should, we shouldn't preach this. He stopped it. I mean, he actually changed the editor from Rameshwar to Satsuru. I don't know if they asked Satsuru. But he said, no, we should teach people to chant Hare Krishna to get love of God, not to get material benefit. It sets, it sets it off on the wrong course altogether. What about, I was telling you about in Bangladesh, there's Shankara Mat Gorangya Pat. You have the philosophy of Shankaracharya, but we chant Hare Krishna. They're completely bogus. I, I told you about the other one in Noakali, the Ram Thakur. Their followers chant Hare Krishna. He promoted the chanting of Hare Krishna, but he, he's, he's complete Mayavadi. So... And they think he's an avatar. He's their local avatar. So that chanting won't help them. It becomes utpat, a disturbance. Shuti smriti purana adi pancharatra vidhing vina aikantaki hare bhakti utpata yaiva kalpati. That so-called bhakti, if it's not according to the direction of Shastra, it's simply a disturbance in society. And it's a fact that when people get that misunderstanding, it's much more difficult to give them the proper understanding than if they hadn't been preached too wrongly in the first place. So better preach the right thing from the beginning. Now we have so many people chanting Hare Krishna, but none of them have any proper faith or commitment. We see Prabhupada day after day speaking straightforward philosophy, Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam. Right? Some gimmick sometimes you could say. Like marrying devotees on stage in a pandal program. Some showmanship you could say a little bit there. But with a with a heavy dose of substance. Not that there's, so there can be some kind of uh, showmanship, is that the right word? or Something attractive to the public. But the basis should be substance. Otherwise, it's, it's not... Uh, Atma what is that? Yenayatma suprasiditi. How does that verse begin? Savai pung sang paro dharamo yato bhaktir adhokshaje ahaituki apratihata yayatma. Actually, I was quoting Yenayatma This is Yayatma suprasiditi. Yenayatma is another one. So, the topmost religion, transcendental religion, is unto the transcendent Lord. He's not a material object for us to use for our material desires. And that devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted. Then only they can perfectly satisfy us. Anything else is kaitava dharma, simply cheating. So be convinced on the basis of Shastra and preach that. Otherwise you get people chanting Hare Krishna, but they're not convinced. And they can very easily, they'll cause, if you make so many neophyte devotees, you bring people in and then they'll, they'll cause you all kinds of trouble. They won't dedicate themselves to the mission. 
They may do briefly, temporarily, as long as they get some material gain. But then when they find themselves frustrated in that, which it must do, ultimately, then they'll turn against you or they'll just go away. Or some, or you're making tricks and someone else who does better tricks will come and take them all away. That we see some of our devotees in North India, they're imitating these uh, professional Bhagavatam speakers. And then someone else will come who's a better speaker. They're initiated devotees and they're watching this Kripalu rascal on TV. They have no understanding. If you'd actually heard Prabhupada even once, you'd never be attracted to that rascal. We don't call him a rascal just because he's from a different group, but he is a rascal. He dresses as a, you know, dresses as a woman and so many things. But sometimes he dresses as a woman. He's, he's off the wall. He's not preaching proper. He does. Pre- he quotes shlokas from Bhagavad I watched one of his videos for about 10 minutes to see what it's all about. I was given it in Iskon Surat by a resident of Iskon Surat. I was given his videos. So I watched. So he quotes Bhagavatam. He's learned it in Bhagavatam. But yeah, he speaks. Some people who have no knowledge, who are not learned in the Vedas, they have no knowledge of the Vedas, they ask us what Sampradaya we're in. We're in. So then immediately, no, he's not in any Sampradaya. But actually, there are only two Sampradayas Vaishnava and non Vaishnava. And it's completely bogus. In this way, because people must ask him as his followers as a kind of challenge, which then shakes their imbecile faith. Now, what sampradaya are you in? Uh, sampradaya. What does that mean, sampradaya? What parampara are you in? Uh, Kripala. He's the be- he's the beginning and the end. Do you see? Kripala. They say he's an avatar of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So then he can do whatever he likes. But even the avatars, they, even Krishna himself, Bhagavad Gita is all from the Upanishads. Mostly Upanishadic, all that's taught there. And he himself quotes, Rishibhya Bahudha Gitam Chandobhya Vividhai Pitak Brahma Sutra Padais Chayva Hetu Madhya Vinishitita. He also quotes, you see, what I'm saying is also said by the Rishis and they quote from the Brahma Sutra. So even Krishna himself, and he, Krishna himself took a guru who blessed him that because you're such a good disciple, your words will remain extant in human society forever. And because of that, Bhagavad Gita is still popular today because Krishna was blessed by his guru. That's what it says in Nectar of Devotion. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. I hope after all this people start to actually think about this philosophy. I'm trying to, trying to get you all to you know, not just learn, not just take it as a kind of ritual that you sit in the class. Actually, buddhi yoga, awaken your intelligence and apply it in Krishna consciousness. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-
Brahmanas tolerate? What do you mean? That's a bogus idea that Brahmanas tolerate I mean, Apasiddhanta. I mean, not the tolerate Apasiddhanta, but you know, like we tell our people and keep quiet and finish and we know what's the truth and we can uh, Well, one of the symptoms of a, of a learned person that he is an expert judge of time, place, and circumstance. It may be different in different cases. We can discuss it more afterward. Mahadeva Krishna. I, I would appreciate uh, that when I sit to speak that the Bhagavatam is not at the same level or below my legs. I think you must have heard this many times. But somehow or other, it doesn't sink in. That's why I placed the Bhagavatam here, because I don't like to sit above the Bhagavatam. <laughs> 